I'm debating something right now. Jillian said Jesus is coming back any second, or the children said that Jesus was coming back any second. So, what shall we do? Shall we dive into today's text or just keep looking upwardly? I don't know. The early church certainly thought that. I hope you know that about the uh, readings from Acts and in all of the New Testament. The early disciples thought Jesus was coming back sooner rather than later. There was so much work to be done. Let's get to it. Liturgy means the work of the people. We have work to do. The acts of the disciples, the actions of disciples has been our theme uh, throughout this Eastertide season. And something I want us to cling to today is that in life's midnight moments, disciples do something very odd by the world's standards. We sing and we pray. I invite you to find in your pew Bible or the Bible you brought with you or perhaps an electronic device uh, from which you were reading Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. Listen for the word of the Lord. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a female slave who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by telling fortunes. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul became very much annoyed, and he turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it did that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men, these Jews are disturbing our city and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to adopt or to observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them in prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword, for he was about to kill himself since he was supposed to, he supposed the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we all are here. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them outside and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And at that same hour of night, he took them and he washed their wounds. And then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and he set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I get to heaven, one of the questions I want to ask is, what in the world, Lord, were Paul and Silas singing that made the ground shake? I've heard about breaking glasses, sopranos who can do so by screeching some note out that's way up there on the octave. 
and it breaks glass, but what made the earth shake? I came up with a Paul and Silas playlist. I think on that playlist, if it were on Spotify, would be something like Chain 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 by Aretha, Jailhouse Rock by Elvis, Midnight Rider by the Allman Brothers, certainly, it's gotta be on there. Maybe Carol's King, I feel the earth move. Y'all didn't finish singing with me. <laughs> Maybe a nod at the end, a postscript to REM. It's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine. I don't know. What does a midnight, a midnight playlist look like for you? I mean, seriously. In the midnight moments of your life, what is your midnight song? We're thinking about disciples singing today and praying. And like any good musical piece, it has movements to it. I believe Paul and Silas, this text about which we are on which we are focused today, has movements to it, like a song. The first movement is about a young girl. I hope you picked that up. A young slave girl, probably pre-teen age, who was part of a human trafficking ring, in my estimation. We would say that today. She was making a lot of money for people who were in power and abusing an economic system and were e abusing youthfulness. And so she had this spirit of divination, as it's called. That word in Greek uh, is pithos or pithos. Uh, it's akin to python, the constrictor, the serpent with the forked tongue, like the one in the garden who surreptitiously spoke and spewed and hissed lies to the first humans. And here now is this girl with this same type of spirit. And she's caught up in this ring that will not let her go. It's constricting her. She is constricting Paul. But the spirit in Paul is so much powerful than the spirit within her. And he says this line. It, it's woven throughout the New Testament and the miracle healings, especially in the Gospels. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And it did. But the spirit through Paul was only getting warmed up. We go into the second movement of this score, and it's a civil, a civil court case. These ones who were making so much money off this young girl and had her in the system where they were putting her out front to line their pockets within, they couldn't dare confess that, the, that Paul and Silas had broken their financial capital, that stream of, of revenue, of income. So they made up a different allegation. They said, these these men, these Jews, they've started saying that Jesus Christ is Lord and the way to salvation. That's a big uh-oh if you know anything about Scripture. In other words, it started poking, tickling the anti-Semitic pride of Rome. And it also started saying, wait a minute, these men are saying there's another Lord than Caesar. They're in big trouble now. And the minor chords of this score start their crescendo. For Paul and Silas had no chance of defense or rebuttal. Instead, you have a trial and a sentence and nearly an execution all in a matter of moments. They're drug out into public. They're humiliated. They're stripped naked. They're beaten, flogged severely. They're thrown into the innermost cell, not just any cell, the innermost cell where there is no daylight. There is no hope. They don't stand a chance. 
And that which landed them there was the sacrificial price they were willing to pay because one vulnerable sheep was caught up in a system. So Paul spoke up. Silas was with them. He got caught up in it, and they landed themselves in jail. This scene where they're in this deep, dark belly, this tomb of this jail, it's almost like Good Friday is trying to make a comeback. But around midnight, around midnight, that time when the clocks roll just a little bit more closely to daylight, it, the clocks roll over to 12.01 and it's actually a new day at that moment. At midnight, the darkest dark, the deepest depth, around midnight a sound began to make its way through the prison cells and into the ears and into the hearts of the other prisoners. A sound of two men singing because they know resurrection and they know its power and they know the cross was empty and they know the tomb was empty and they know Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. You will carry the mantle. And they know the Spirit has come and will come to breathe life into this world. They know the story is not going to end this way, so they start doing what disciples do. They sang, knowing that God was battling evil. And while that battle between good and evil, between God and evil was raging, disciples have a responsibility to sing through the moment and the darkness of it all. I almost think Paul and Silas were kind of like um, Joe and Derek this morning. They were this accompaniment to this song that continues and, and it goes on, this solo act by God on our behalf, but that same God is directing us and then recomposing us into this new score. It's all of that in one in this amazing text. Christians have always sung and prayed our way through dark midnight moments. We have sung and prayed when we've been imprisoned by all forms of evil and justice and oppression and grief and loneliness in whatever forms they present themselves. It's during those deep dark nights that disciples sing. They sing for themselves as a way of hope, a way forward, but we sing for others who cannot sing. Thus, this third movement begins with a violent earthquake and chains falling off and cell doors unlocking, not only for Paul and Silas, but for the other prisoners who were there with them. And this is where we meet this jailer. This third movement is, it's unbelievable. This jailer who thinks that on his watch, all these prisoners have fled and run out. This jailer who knows that if this has happened on his watch, it's going to cost him his life and perhaps his family's life and not only their way of life, but their actual lives. And so he draws his sword. He just thinks suicide is the way out. To which from the darkness, my friends, from the bowels of the cells, this man who was struggling with his emotions, struggling within his soul, hears the voice of the church crying out, Stop! We're all right here with you. We're all right here too. Nobody has gone anywhere. And so the three movements to this text, in my mind, are shouting at demonic abuses of power, singing in life's deepest, dark, 
moments and shouting alongside those who are struggling in their own darkness, to which there's this glorious denouement, this climax, this jailer, the one who once shackled and chained criminals and fools and followers of Jesus is now becoming his own slave shackled to the power of Christ. This jailer says, what must I do to be saved? What does a midnight playlist look like for you in your midnight moments? The midnight song is the song that God's children have always sung, by the way. The words might be a little different, but the song is the same. And the song really never ends. It started way back in Exodus. Moses and Miriam sang the Bible's first song, one of deliverance. Deborah and Baruch continued the song. King David sang it when there didn't seem to be a way to get through this Goliath in his life. But God provided a way. Mary sang the same song. It doesn't make sense, Lord. Why me? But here I am, according to your will. Let it be with your servant. Bring down the lowly, raise, bring down the mighty, bring up the lowly. The song continues in the Christ hymn we see in Philippians. The song of faith, the song of, of God's people crying out through the darkness to provide a way where there is no way. It was the song of the Underground Railroad. It was the song of civil rights. It's the song being sung in Uvalde, Texas right now. Right? How deep and how dark that jail cell seems. The midnight song that the disciples sing is the song we sing while our loved ones receive an infusion or a treatment. It's the song we sing alongside those who are grieving, but there's just not words, there's no airflow, there's mouth is too dry, it's cotton mouth, we can't sing in those moments, so somebody sings for us. The midnight song is the song we sing for our loved ones when their grief and their pain brings them to their knees. The song at midnight is ours to sing when things are not right in this world and we are given the responsibility to sing it until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. It will take great faith. But faith is not a noun. Faith is a verb. We, it will take a great faith thing on behalf of the church to sing a song in the midnight moments when it doesn't make sense to sing that song. And this past week, I don't know about you, but I have been praying to God, Lord, I'm going to need to hear a midnight song if I'm going to sing a midnight song because we've had a deep, dark midnight moment in this country. I want to believe we can sing and pray our way through another school shooting. I want to believe that so that the shackles of pain and grief that imprison all those who are in Texas right now will fall and they'll be set free. But I just don't know. I've wrestled this week in the darkness through the questions. And I know some of you have too. You've been looking for a midnight song to sing. You've been listening for a midnight song to set us free to make sense of it because innocent children are at stake.
So I don't know what the midnight song is. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. I know the darkness of midnight moments that try to divide and to conquer us. They try to be louder than the song that the church has. So the song that we're told to sing is one about politics, these laws, this reform, this control. Is it mental health? Is it social media bullying? Is it just all of that? I don't know. But I know there's this dark moment where the church is supposed to sing. Hope against all hope. Holy, 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 even though it doesn't seem like it. And I know the church is supposed to sing it because I believe in Easter. I believe in the power of resurrection. I believe in the power of resurrection so much that I believe that the chorus sung by those so long ago is our chorus to sing now that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Part of me wonders if we need to revisit a theology of life to reclaim and to rewrite a theology of life. I would love your help with that as we pray and sing through it. A theology of life that manifests itself, that sings itself as it pertains to unborn children and capital punishment and mental health and gun control and education and hunger and poverty and all these things that are labels designed to divide us but the church has a song. A song that says the worst things are never the last things. A song that says, be of good cheer. Christ has overcome the world. I don't have a solution for how to stop mass shootings in schools or churches or malls or around town. But I know that we have a voice. I know that we have a song that needs to get out. Disciples of Jesus Christ sing a midnight song. Sometimes we sing it with our feet. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we sing the midnight song with our feet because we kick at the darkness until light breaks in. And we kick at despair until hope brings, breaks through. Disciples have a midnight song to sing. And we need to continue singing it for children and for their families who now have no voice. Because I believe by this, people will know that we are his disciples when we raise whole notes of harmony against the dissonance of this world. There is coming a day, friends, when there will be no more pain or sorrow or loss or grief. Until then, it's the work of the people, God's people, the church, to sing, to sing with our feet. Pray with me. Lord, you have empowered us with this incredible responsibility to care for those who are the most vulnerable, the most lost, the ones who are in the margins, the ones who are the loneliest in this world, and to use our voices and, and our hands and our feet to be the church, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world, to bring wholeness to so many lives. We need that for ourselves. 
We know the people seated around us right now are, are finding themselves in some deep, dark cells, these midnight moments where grief and pain and sorrow and, and loss. Mm. They need somebody to sing beside them, to walk with them, to provide a way forward that only Jesus can bring. God, I pray for all of those in Texas right now. I pray for those who, all of those who have suffered from the loss of a family member. I pray, Almighty God, for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for freedom and for their families who are grieving right now. Lord, during this Eastertide season, we proclaim the power and presence of resurrection. As dark as things seem, it will not last. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Let God's people say, amen.